listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. It's a new episode here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio and on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. You can send feedback to us via the contact form on our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com. If you enjoy this program, please take the time to rate and review us at review.iloveoldtimeradio.com. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. Wednesdays, we solve crimes on Rogue's Gallery. So this is our last episode of Rogue's Gallery, and we have another Richard Rogue, this time played by Paul Stewart, and on the new network, and on a new network, ABC. This episode is estimated to have been originally aired on November 15th, 1950, and it's called The Janice Noel Murder Case. Rogue's Gallery. Starring Paul Stewart as Richard Rowe. Some people collect old violins. Some people collect rare china. Some people collect old coins. But I collect murderers. tingling adventures of Richard Rogues, private investigator, is presented each week at this time by your local dealer who sells and services the Easy Cut electric mowers. That's the dealer that's making an unheard of offer that you can't afford to miss. There's no strings, no gimmicks, no small type to this offer. Just try an Easy Cut electric mower in your yard for 10 days. Give the Easy Cut a full trial. Then, if for any reason or no reason at all you don't want to keep it, your dealer will refund every penny of your money. Yes, try the Easy Cut Electric Mower. Compare its many advantages. Notice the large rear coaster for easier handling. Notice the snap switch for effortless starting. Notice the rubber-tired ball-bearing wheels. Notice the powerful one-third horsepower motor. Yes, compare, and you'll buy an Easy Cut Electric Mower. See it tomorrow at your dealer's. Listen a little later for more details about the free trial offer. Now, Rogue's Gallery with Paul Stewart as private investigator Richard Rogue. As far as I'm concerned, all roads lead to Chicago. You see, I was born here down on the south side, and I know every spot on the Gold Coast. The smell of the stockyards, the swimming in Lake Michigan, and I can make my way around the loop blindfolded. One of the finest tie shops in the loop was Martinelli's, and one day I just bought a tie there and zigzagged my way back across town through the heavy traffic on State Street. When I got to my office, I saw that someone was waiting for me. Mr. Rogue, are you Mr. Richard Rogue, the private investigator? Yes, I'm Richard Rogue. I've been here an hour. Is it customary for your profession to go off for hours and leave your business and your door unlocked? It's the gypsy in the lady. Now, what can I do for you? My name is Elsa Cole. I'm here from Little Falls, Indiana. 
A terrible thing has happened. Yes, I know. I just read it over my second cup of coffee. Oh. Uh, you must be Janet Crow's sister. Yes, I am. She checked into the Breton Arms Hotel here in Chicago three days ago, and last night was shot and killed in a room between 9.30 and 10 p.m., right? I don't know what to do. It's a rogue. The police called me a little falls last night. Well, the paper says that, too. I arrived in Chicago at 10 this morning. Janice was a good girl, Mr. Rogue. Not the wild sort at all. I just can't believe it. Uh-huh. Janice is rather young to have a sister who is almost... Uh... You needn't be polite, Mr. Rogue. I'm sister one. She was 22. I was the oldest in the family of five children. Janice has been my responsibility since our parents died. I failed in that trust. Try to control yourself, Miss Crow. Perhaps I can help you. Tell me, uh, what was Janice doing in Chicago? She had a notion to go on the stage. Did she know anyone here? Not a soul. Nobody. Well, it's not very helpful. What did you tell the police? I told them everything. But I talked to a Lieutenant Cheney, and he told me nothing. Absolutely nothing. His demeanor was evasive. He seemed to know something, yet he won't tell me. Well, I know Lieutenant Cheney's a good cop. I want to leave no stone unturned to find Janice's murderer. Will you help me, Mr. Roke? For $25 a day in expenses, and that's less than the fat man gets. It's very well, Mr. Roke. Oh, uh, just one question, Miss Crow. What grade school do you teach? Well, how did you know I was a teacher? You remind me of a teacher I once had when I was a kid. But that was a lifetime ago. I dropped Elsie Paul at the Royals in the third-rate hotel not far from my office, and then the cab swung across toward Homicide. A high wind was whipping in from Lake Michigan, and the signs on State Street were swinging merrily. And I knew it was about time to get my winter overcoat out of mothballs. Don't bother to knock, Rogue. Just barge right in. Oh, thanks, Lieutenant Cheney. Uh, what can I do for you? I'd like to know what you know about the Kroll case. What's your interest? My client is Elsie Kroll, the dead girl's sister. Here's the report. Well, I want more than this. And I want the routine handout. No? Well, what do you want? And whatever it is, I can't give it to you. Look, Pop, my client thinks you're withholding some vital information. She does. She does. Janice Crow's a pretty girl. She was. Powder burn shut by someone who stood close by. And probably knew her. Yeah, but who? Don't know. A 38 slug, it says here. Fingerprints, none except the deceased. <laughs> who found the body? Samuel Esposito, the manager of the Breton Arms. The house stick and a Marie Castle. How? Marie Castle heard two shots in the room next to her. She called the others. Let's see any leads at all. We're working. Is that all you can tell me? That's right. Look, Cheney, this is my client, too. You can tell me. Listen, sweetheart, you're going to have me around anyway, so do we work together or do I Okay, okay, Rogue. But if I tell you anything, it goes no further. It's a deal. And especially the press. I gave you my word. Okay. This cigarette case was found in the girl's handbag in the room. Solid silver. Judge Harris, the judge leading a double life? Now, look, I've known Judge Harris a long time. He's a family man, a nice man. And he wouldn't be mixed up in a mess like this. Then in that case, I'm sure he won't be embarrassed if I ask him a few questions. My friend Lieutenant Cheney phoned you were coming. Is it to help or hinder? Well, to help, Judge Harris. 
Judge, uh, you don't mind if I ask a few questions? It's what you're here for, isn't it? Did you know Janice Claus? No, I never met her. And you weren't at the Brett Arms Hotel at all last night? I was not. But your cigarette case was. Well, that's the incredible part of this whole business. Where, how, or why it got into that room is beyond me. Lieutenant Cheney thinks someone's trying to frame me. Uh, when was the last time you remember seeing your cigarette case? Yesterday, just before lunch. And you wouldn't mind telling me where you were last evening between 9.30 and 10? Well, certainly not. But, um, first, look at this telegram. It's from Jimmy Martin. The warden? Yes. Dear Judge, since Martha and the boys are away, how about some chess tonight? Make it about 9.30 at my apartment if you can. Sign Jim. I walked over to his apartment about 9.30. He wasn't there, so I came home. Of course, Jimmy Martin can substantiate this telegram. No. Jimmy denies sending it. Did Jenny trace it? Yes, it was phoned in from a pay station. That's all I can tell you. Uh, Judge Harris, are you sure you're telling me the whole truth? I beg your pardon, Mr. Well, Judge, the chips are down. You're not the judge in this case. If it comes to trial, you're liable to be a defendant. I suggest you take me into your confidence. I intend to do just that if you'll be patient. Better. A week ago, Jimmy Martin came to me and asked me to declare a mistrial in the Tremont case. I was shocked. We've been friends for years. Jimmy Martin has always been an honest, forthright politician. And, frankly, I'm indebted to him for this judgeship. Tremont. Tracy Tremont. Wasn't he the gambler who shot that coffee merchant? Yes. Well, what was Martin's interest in Tremont? I have no idea. I naturally refused to discuss the case. Well, he left in anger, but he did call me an hour later and apologize. As a matter of fact, he came into my office yesterday. That is very interesting. Why is that? Why is a crooked letter, Judge? And sometimes you have to wait a while until it straightens itself out. Good night, Your Honor. see Jimmy Martin's club, I was greeted by an assorted group of war heels. They pointed out the sanctum St. Corin, and sitting behind a huge desk was a long cigar, a short, fat face, and a bald head. Yes? Uh, Mr. Martin, I'm Richard Rowe. Fire detective, aren't you? That's right. I'd like to ask you a few questions about a case I'm working on. Why should I answer your questions, Mr. Rowe? Well, you may need my vote someday, Jimmy. My elections aren't that close. Yeah, I guess not. When was the last time you saw Tracy Tremont? Never heard of him. Who is he? Just a gambler who's 60 days away from the chair. Good afternoon, Mr. Rowe. It would be helpful if you could furnish me the names of the people who spent last evening with you. Yes, sir. Send Joe in here, will you, please? Yes, One of the boys will escort you out, Mr. Rowe. Never mind the manners, chum. I can make it without a guy. <laughs> I decided to check back with Cheney for some information on Jimmy Martin. Cheney told me that on the night that Janice was murdered, Martin was at the theater with some friends. But in checking that story, I found out that first he was host to a little dinner party in the covered wagon room of the Breton Arms Hotel. The honored guests included Marie Castle, the singer who heard the shots, and Sam Esposito, the hotel manager. Well, I thought I'd try the caviar in the covered wagon room myself. Don't get up, Sam, darling, when I join you. Well, how do you do, Miss Castle? Let's sit down. Thanks. 
I don't believe Mr. I... Mr. Rogue, Miss Castle. How do you do? You do your pictures justice, Miss Castle. Well, thank you, Mr. Rogue. Pardon, Monsieur Polito. We stand on the party Excuse me. I'll be back. Okay. Would you like a drink? No, thanks. I go on in a few minutes. You seem to have gotten over the shock. That shock? Oh, you mean the murder. That's the terror. Yeah, I read about it in the paper. Uh, tell me, Marie, uh, how did you know there were shots fired? I couldn't miss it. You see, I'm in room 304. And uh, Janice Crow was in 302. Yeah. Why all the questions? Well, that's the way I earn a living. That's nice. Oh, uh, by the way, I bumped into a friend of yours, uh, Jimmy Martin. Jimmy Martin? I don't believe I know him. You were at his table here last night, remember? Oh, that must have been the party Sam introduced me to. An entertainer like me has to sit at so many tables and meet so many people. You know how it is. Yeah, I know. Well, it's time for me to go to work. Anything special I can sing for you? Where or when, baby? Oh, that's one of my favorites, too. I know. Mine. Lois. Uh, Lois. Yes, sir. Uh, could you tell me who takes up Marie's time? Mr. Owen, I got a job to... Yes, yeah, so have I. I got a ten here. It's yours. Now, who is her boyfriend? Anyone else? Well, Jimmy Martin, the politician. He gave her a diamond as big as an egg. Anything else, Mr. Ogg? Mm. <laughs> Here's your pen. That sweet, lovely blonde was a liar, simple and pure, and a two-time at a boot. Why did she deny knowing Martin, and what was Sam's pitch in this? It was getting complicated, and I needed to think it through. I left the covered wagon and wandered over to my favorite hangout, Jaime's, on the Gold Coast. Jaime was a lazy musician who didn't like to play in bands. He only liked to play when he was in the mood. Chicago folklore had it that one time Dick Spiderbeck picked up his horn and Jaime his liquor stick, and they played for 17 solid hours.
Hey, this is Hyman. Yeah, Red, uh, he's leaving over a drink. Wait a minute. Hey, Red. What is it? Telephone. You better take it. Yeah, Red. Red speaking. Uh, Lieutenant Cheney, come down to the morgue right away. Who's in the morgue? Your client. Elsie Crow? Right, Elsie Crow. She was just finished out of Lake Michigan. If only fools are positive, then fools we be. That's what your nearest Easy Cut Electric Mower dealer is saying, because he's so positive you can't buy a better lawnmower than the Easy Cut Magic Touch Electric Power Mower. And to prove what he's saying, your dealer is making this amazing offer. Buy your Easy Cut Electric Mower. Take it home. Try it out for ten full days. Cut your grass once or twice. See how effortless the job is. How smooth and even your grass is cut. After you had it for ten days, if for any reason whatsoever you don't want to keep your Easy Cut Electric Power Lawnmower, your dealer will refund your money in full. No strings, no gimmicks. Go by or phone your dealer first thing tomorrow. Have him deliver your Easy Cut Electric Powered Lawnmower on the 10 day trial offer. If you're not satisfied, your money will be refunded. Now, back to Paul Stewart as private investigator Richard Rogue in Rogue's Gallery. I couldn't for the life of me figure out why someone would want to kill Elsie Crowell. In a few minutes, I was standing before a table in the morgue, and there she lay. Didn't look like a school teacher anymore, just a... Nice old lady, Rogue. She wasn't old, Cheney. She's just the kind that's born old. Let's get out of here. Any idea who pushed her into the lake? You're the detective, Richard. I'm only a bull in harness. I only helped put away Capone, Moriarty, Stern, that's all. During the day I work on... What are you so touchy about? What's the Emmy's report? The bruises on the head killed her. No water in the lungs. She didn't die by drowning. Let's go up to the road and we'll see Crow's cave and pop a few questions. that Elsie Crow handed her key to the room clerk when she went out at 7.30 at night. No one had called her during the day and she's not used her phone. She went on up into the room and started to go through her clothes and personal effects. Just about an old suitcase. Anything in the bathroom, Rogue? Yeah, a toothbrush and a hairbrush. A couple of hairnets. She only has one dress hanging in the closet. She'd rather lie. Wouldn't you if you got the message she did? I think you're looking in the wrong direction. Take me down to your jail, will you? What for? I want to see Tracy Freeman. But it's 5 a.m. I'm tired. Can't just wait till morning? It is morning, and it can't. Tell you I questioned Tremont for hours. I got nothing. A blank. There's a loose key around somewhere that fits this lock, and I think it's Tremont. No, no, impossible. Look at it this way. Jimmy Martin, the ward leader, goes to the judge and asks him to take it easy on Tremont, and the judge says no. 
Then the judge gets a phony wire and he's out on a limb with no alibi. Either Martin put the judge on the spot or the, pardon the expression, the judge is lying. The judge didn't lie. That I know. I can vouch for him. I admire your loyalty, but better men than the judge have skeletons in the closet. Well, pardon the ignorance of an old cop, but what will this visit to Tremont prove? Who's lying? Jimmy Martin or his honor? <laughs> citizen of our town who picked up an easy paper with a set of marked cards, loaded dice, and the old badger game. And his victims were always afraid to do anything about it. That is, until he met that coffee merchant. He caught Truman's hand, and Truman shot him. The gray dawn was just coming in over the pier as we walked in and started awakening. Rise and shine, Truman. Come on, come on. What, what? Who are you? Your eyes, Tremont. It's daylight. Get your hands off me. Who are you? Richard Rogue. I want to ask you some questions. What questions? What's with you and Jimmy Martin? Who's he? What have you got on him? I don't know what you're talking about. Why did he go to Judge Harris and try to spring you? I didn't know he did. How nice of him. How's your pal Sam Esposito? Never heard of him. Well, does Marie Castle mean anything to you? Can't we play another game? I got a deck of cards. Never touch him. Then go away. Let me get my beauty mat. For a guy who's going to sizzle in the chair, your flippers are salmon. Want a bit? Pack up my knife, Janey. I've had enough. Okay. Where are you going, Rope? I'm going out to find you a playmate. And then I'm going to be a witness at your clam fry. Do you want a bit? We drove back toward the loop in Janey's squad car, stopped for breakfast, and I went through a whole pack of cigarettes. I should have been sleepy, but I was too hopped up to shove off to bed. I wanted to see the murder room of Janice Crawl and her personal effects, so Jenny wrote a little note and I had him drop me at the Bretton Arms Hotel. Third floor, please. Hey, Rogue. Rogue, wait a minute. Oh, hello, Sam. How's the hotel business? What are you doing here so early? Shall I say it out loud? No, no, I'll wait till you get off. Third floor. Now, look, Rogue, where do you think you're going? To room 302. You'll never get past the cops. I know the passwords. And by the way, you ever let Tremont have card parties in this hotel? Yeah, what kind of a hotel do you think I run? Wait a second, will you? Would you mind keeping this door shut, please, fellas? Stupid coppin' isn't there. These floors are soundproof to drown out the traffic noises so our guests can sleep. They haven't got brains enough to keep the door closed when they're making repairs. Very interesting, this hotel business. Uh, by the way, uh, the grapevine has it that Jimmy Martin is cutting in on your girl. He's strictly a stage door, Johnny. All talk. With the rock that he gave Marie? Some talk, Sammy boy. <laughs> standing there simmering to a slow boil and went into Janice's room. I found the usual knickknacks, clothing, a dozen assorted bottles of skin lotion in her handbag. Her handbag had $20 and some change. Now, why should a guy with $20 to her name register in a hotel where the cheapest room is 10 bucks a day? Which one of the characters in the Chicago merry-go-round knew the Kroll sisters and who set up Janice in this lush plush? The room was too quiet and depressing for mental work, so I hopped again and went back over to Jaime's on the Gold Coast. Pour yourself some coffee, huh, Rogue? Yeah, thanks. Well, come this way up, Jaime. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, double insomnia. What's with you, huh? Yeah, still chasing shadows, the cold murder. Paul, I'd into two now. Somebody knocked off my client last night. Yeah, that's why you rushed out so fast this morning? Yeah, let's see. Let's see. There's something about that hotel. 
I went into the Breton Arms, walked toward room 302, heard the carpenters working, making a lot of noise. Well, put them carpenters, huh? Well, a fine friend you turned out to be. You went back on your deal with me, and I'll have your head for Easy with that newspaper. This coffee's hot, and what's the matter? Why did you tip off the papers, Rogue? What papers? What are you talking about? Oh, I should have had my head examined before I trusted you. A day or two more, and I'd have had this case on ice. Let, Let me you... see that paper. Three month case stalled. Judge Harris implicated in cold murders. But I didn't. Oh, turn in your license. You're through. We're both through. But, Cheney, I didn't give out this story. No? No. Then who did? Answer me. Who did? Who did? Wait. I've got it. The carpenters. Sound proof room. Cheney. What are you talking about? I'll tell you in the car. Let's go. <laughs> tore up Lakeshore Drive with the sirens wide open, and in a few seconds we were standing in front of Jimmy Martin's apartment. We didn't make it. He's dead. Shot through the head with a 38. Put out a drag net for Sam Esposito and Lee Castle. Right. Now I'm going up to Judge Harris's house. Twenty minutes later, I was knocking on his front door, but no one answered. The door was locked, but I opened it with my set of keys. In the house, and I sat down in the living room, fixed myself a drink, and waited. I was half through a scotch on the rocks when. Hello, Marie. Rogue. Surprise, beautiful. Come on in. Get out of the rain. How did you know I was coming here? It was all figured out like a game of chess. Well, darling, you play along. I'll run along. I don't think so. Come on in. Let me alone. Who do you the think? The judge isn't here. You won't be able to kill him, sweetheart. What are you talking about? A carpenter, Marie. He fouled up your story. <laughs> carpenter? What carpenter? I'll spell it out. You heard the shots that killed Janice Crowell, like you told me at the covered wagon, because you fired them. What? You see, Marie, you forgot that all the rooms on the third floor at the hotel are soundproof. So if you were in your room, you couldn't have heard any shots. Smart. Smart enough. One thing I don't know. Is Tracy Tremont your husband or brother? My brother. I figured. Your brother faces the chair, so you decide to frame the judge by planting the cigarette case on Janice after you shot her. How did I get the judge's cigarette case? Jimmy Martin got it for you. All you had to do was to make him fall for you, which wasn't hard, baby. Is that so? That's so. Then poor Elsie Crow spots your picture outside of a covered wagon room and recognizes you as an old pupil of hers from Little Falls. So she goes to you and begins to think maybe you had something to do with Janice. So you had to make it murder number two and kill her. What can you prove? You couldn't stop once you got going. To top it off, you gave the story to the newspaper knowing you would stop the trail. But you still had to deal with Jimmy Martin. He wouldn't go as far as murder, so you had to kill him too. Rogue, what did you find? Who, who is He's all yours, Lieutenant. Why? But watch her. Don't let Annie get your gun. Well, that about wound it up. Cheney gave her the escort treatment down to headquarters and got me on the way at my house. The noonday sun was hanging over Chicago and made my sleepy eyes sting. But as I stumbled up the stairs to my apartment... Now, Yuba, I'm tired. Rejoice, my lad. You solved the paper and saved the judge, and Lieutenant Cheney will love you evermore. All I'm interested in now is sleep. Good job. You'll recover. But you know, Rogie, 
I kind of thought it was Sam Esposito all the time. But Sam was as innocent as a lamb. Hmm. You never know, do you? No, no. To think it was all done by a beautiful girl. Ah, uh, she was the devil's sweetheart, all right. Yes, she was. Well, I don't know you, Gore. Sometimes I worry about being a bachelor in my old age. No more worrying tonight, Rogie. Let me tuck you into bed nice and comfy. Pleasant dreams, Rogie. And fare thee well. Good night, you, Good night, Rogie. <laughs> Just a minute. But first, an important announcement. You can't lose on the offer now being made by your Easy Cut electric lawnmower dealer. All you do is take the easy to operate Easy Cut electric mower home. Try it for 10 days. You find Easy Cut will work wonders on any type yard. Fine grass or weeds. Cut any height or low as you want. It's really a fine mower, and most any member of your family will be able to operate it. After you try the Easy Cut electric mower for 10 full days, give it a good workout. If for any reason you don't want to keep it, return to your dealer, and he'll refund your full purchase price without any questions asked. You couldn't ask for any better deal, and now's the time to take advantage of it. See your Easy Cut dealer right away before your grass becomes too big of a problem. Remember, the solution to easier, faster grass cutting is an Easy Cut electric-powered mower. Now, to remind you to listen next week at the same time for Rogue's Gallery, presented by your Easy Cut electric mower dealer, is Richard Rogue. We hope you enjoyed tonight's story in this new series, and we'll be back as usual next week. And we hope, too, that you'll be around and help hang another portrait in Rogue's Gallery. Transcribed and has come to you from New York. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. You're listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. Well, once again, a very different Richard Rogue and a very different Ugor. Did you notice that Rogue didn't have to get hit on the head and travel to Cloud 8 to see him? Not sure if I'd like a conscious that had that much power to pop in whenever. And that's going to do it for our program. You can find I Love Old Time Radio on iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, Spotify, and on our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com. You can also listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn. Please take the time to rate us and leave a review as well. Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com or by joining our Vintage Radio Club and get an extra episode a week. Tomorrow we enter the bizarre mind of Arch Obler with Lights Out. And next Wednesday we have a brand new show for you. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny signing off.